Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. in action. Back with my dad. Back with the Eagle. The Eagle has landed 97.6. Your rock hard station. Your rock hard. <laughs> Dick's out for your dad. Dad. Okay, sorry. It's my dad. Get out of my room. This is dad time. It's dad time 101. Give him a sexy voice. Hey there. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. Good. I'm looking at every woman in the United States. That is looking for love in all the right places. This is a more exciting sequel than when they heard they were bringing back Barnstorm for a third round. <laughs> oh my God! You know, so, you know, my, one of my partners actually sent me a picture of Barnstorm. It actually exists in Disney World, and it's like Goofy is starring in this cartoon. I sent it to it's you. Called, oh, I remember it was that. Called yeah, Barnstormer, and I was like dying that there actually was. We recently, uh, you, you got on DVD, on DVD and Blu-ray Barnstorm Five. Right. The return of the soliloquy. <laughs> the final, the final, the battle, final enchanting. Final battle countdown. Doom, 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 doom. Trapped inside a building with burning flames, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. As opposed to what kind of flames? <laughs> Ice doused. cold flames. As opposed to doused flames. You guys, my dad is back. Hey, we got another episode back. Dad by popular demand. Dad's back. We're here to answer all your dad questions. Some of you don't have dads. Some of you got questions about your dad. Some of you are dads, and your questions burn like flames within you. We're going to kick it off with Carolyn K.E. says, Hi, Fred. What popular restaurant dish, these are important questions, folks, scathing. What popular restaurant dish, divisive, do you think is the most overrated, underrated? Two separate questions. So is it, are we looking at overpriced? Uh, no, I don't think so. Overrated. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's so, this is so great. Okay. And you're like, why is this on every menu? I have one word for you. Yep. Pasta. Uh, it's incredibly overrated. <laughs> and, and you know, what is with this thing? It's, it's basically what? What's pasta? 
Flower, water, and Fla- immigrant dreams. Flower, water, and immigrant dreams that I never realized. I mean. And wait, wait. And so what do they do? They have nothing to do, but they sell it in six or 12 different shapes. True. It's all the same shit. Wait. It tastes the same. And and actually, pasta has no taste. It's the sauce. It's the sauce. It's but like vegetables. Let me say this, because I thought the same as you, and then I married a chef, because the Italians have like a thousand different types of pasta shapes. Each one. Can you name them? They hold the sauce in different ways. That's true. Okay, I'll so give you that. So shells and sauce holds it different than macaroni or like which a is like tortellini. A yeah, and you hold, stuff it with different things. Would embrace the sauce more so than let's say angel hair. Yeah, and I don't like an egg noodle. Like I don't like tagliatelle. I don't like a thick noodle. I don't like lasagna noodles. So in, in the texture is a big thing. And would you say some pasta? embraces certain sauces better than others like if you had thousand a thousand percent like a cream sauce versus a marinara or a yeah. garlic and oil yeah you don't want wagon wheels but, in turds okay so i do i do think you have a good point that certain shapes retain the sauce better but in general like why do we have five versions of spaghetti why is there five thicknesses same of- reason Linguini is for seafood. You don't. It just is. But why? Because they got nothing else to do. What, what was that? An Aquaman. Did that was say, their thing. You will have linguini. <laughs> in Aquaman. Did you see Aquaman on the plane. Is that what? Huh? You, yes, you with the too. fork, and you will have. Oh. What, what is that called? The, the, the fork, fork. The in trident. Aquaman? The trident. The so fork. as as he stamps his trident into the pasta, yeah. he says, "Linguini is the only seafood companion." And that is law. Fun fact, uh, Aquaman is actually the prequel to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. The movie that I enjoy. And Aquaman is not a true superhero if we're going to be talking about superheroes. We aren't. In superhero law, yeah. Aquaman, what does he do? He what, summons what the sea. Oh, bullshit. He it's like established the like scene one. one. <laughs> hey, over here. Yeah. Hey, come here over here, you droplets of water. Get over here. I just saw the movie. When he goes to the aquarium, he Horrible. has the power over the sea and the sea creatures. Terrible movie, which means they'll make three sequels. I enjoyed it. Aquaman, that Jason, the return. Jason Marmar. Oh, so that's what you like. Jason J. Yeah. J. Mar. Right. J. Mar. The magic Mike of the ocean. I'll take it. Okay. That's actually pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, yeah I think I just made that up, but you know what, Barbara? No, he's the Cole Drago good. of the ocean. Okay. All right. She has to always one-up me. Okay, it's okay. It's not. I just, you no, didn't see the movie. I, did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have pride. I would not see that movie. How come they didn't say when the movie made money, how much did that movie Aquanet this weekend? Aquanet. Cute. Right? How many people get that joke? No, four older people listening. Because nobody uses Aquanet. Certainly you don't, Scott. Right. No, no. And, and Emily, do you know what Aquanet is? She left when you guys started going Again in on, on the Italian thing. She Unbelievable. Was uh, overrated. Keep... You know what? I Because my husband and I talk about this stuff a lot because we love to make fun of food. They're, especially in L.A., this is very gastro puppy. Oh, she's back. Uh... There are specific things that are on every sort of public house gastropub menu. Every restaurant has a little gem salad, jadori chicken, uh, a burrata and tomato salad, uh, a yellowtail hamachi. What burrata is? A lot of people it's don't like know. It's like a wetter, creamier, drippier mozzarella. It's mozzarella infused with olive oil. Uh, and spreadable. And uh, Brussels sprouts with lardons, which is just bacon fat. There's just certain things that are on every yellowtail crudo. Every restaurant thinks that they're reinventing the wheel. So those dishes, it's enough already. I agree. And then there's like, and we have the burger. Don't call it the burger. You have a burger. The burger. Those are overrated to me. It's enough. Underrated. 
I also think bread at the table is overrated. It's usually shitty. Don't give me ice cold butter. Okay, so we're on food for Underrated. 25 points. What's Any it? other restaurant questions? Yeah, there is another restaurant there question. There happens to be one more. Yeah, there's another restaurant. Which Don't I... lead me. Snow, Texas. My dad came in, <laughs> kicked in the door. He's like, you got to ask me this question on page one. No, I didn't say that, but SNO, Texas. It's SNO. It's not snow. Not snow. No, it's, it's Sally Nicole Don't say. Off- Offenheimer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already struggling, stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. What are some of Fred's favorite <laughs> restaurants in Dallas? Let's make sure to alienate most of the people listening. Kick it. Well, I think that Dallas has become a world-class international city. It's the largest airport in the world today. 
And American Airlines has five amazing terminals. So I think a lot of people go through Dallas. This is brought to you by American Airlines. And I think that's a great question. So I'm Wait, gonna, I'm, don't say 21 Vines. Don't I'm, say a Hillstone restaurant. I'm not. Don't say Fifth. I'm not. All right. I'm not going to say and any of those. And don't say the country club you belong to. I'm not going to mention Canyon Creek Country Club in Richardson, <laughs> Texas on 729 Lookout Drive. I'm not mentioning that. All right, that. go ahead. Okay, here we go. Ready? Al Bernays. There's actually an Al Bernays, and he has two amazing steakhouses, one on Oak Lawn and a new one on Spring Valley. The and name Bernays didn't give away it's those B-I-E-R-N-A-T apostrophe S. He's French, or his mother was French. His father wasn't. So if Keep you are in the way. mood for a phenomenal steak with world-class service, Albernays is the place. Then up on the north end of the Legacy West, which is a brand-new upscale shopping experience, is a restaurant called Haywire, which you actually ate at during the Christmas season. It's funny that you bring that up because I know you wanted to talk about this. The last time my dad was here, he regaled you with the tale of the time the rat fell. The rat tale of the time. The rat tale of the time. Uh, and funny enough, R. Campbell, A.R. Campbell, 1209, says, did he see about the rat falling in someone's table at Buffalo Wild Wings? And I did. He the sent me a video. The amount of people that sent me this in my DMs, <laughs> the story of a rat falling from the ceiling, because my dad talked about when this happened to him, and this happened in real life to him and this person. So, but, In a crappy, poor poor version of Olive Garden somewhere on the north end of Austin, Texas, as we were coming home. It was terrible. But I'm not going to talk about rats, rat droppings, Well, it brings or you to tails. another story. Yes. So during the holidays, Eliza and Steppenwolf, uh-huh. <laughs> Wolf, Wolfie Pack, what is it? Yep. What is it? Wolfie Pack. Wolfie Pack. He's uh, a Vietnamese Travels restaurateur. He's got three twin Sorry. brothers. Yeah. So um, they had spent some time with us in Dallas along with my uh, oldest son and his girlfriend. And this was around the middle of December, and we went to a real high-end Italian restaurant. And I go there, or I used to go there quite a bit. I no longer go there. And I would order, pre-order veal chops, the real thick veal um, porterhouse chops. And I ordered one for my new son-in-law and one for my son and one for myself because you have to order these in advance. Anyway, making a very long story even longer, we get there. They seat us at a table. The restaurant is not a big one, and it is packed with holiday diners. And so the lady comes over. I'd like you to describe the waitress. No. No, yes, because I, I want you to is... get the mail from all of Eastern Europe. I don't think this is a compelling story. She was not a great waitress, but more importantly, you can be a mediocre waitress, but to your issue is that she wasn't a great waitress. This is not about, oh, someone doesn't speak English, doesn't. It's okay if you struggle with English, but to put them on like 7 o'clock rush hour holiday season, she was so overwhelmed. Great point. She didn't quite understand. So overwhelmed that when so I ordered busy. iced tea, she actually brought me, or us, I think you ordered iced tea also. That she actually brought me a warm glass, a, a, a glass of tea. And when we asked her, we ordered iced tea, she said in her Slavic expression, Oh, well, I, and, and let me uh, go back to the kitchen get to the tea. She comes back with a separate glass of ice. Eliza and I look at each I other. I just felt bad for her. Why? Because she was, and I think what compounded it was the managers of the place were just standing there. Right. Your staff is under, 
is undertrained underwater in the weeds, and you're like, just let him go. Yeah, we don't really care. The restaurant is overflowing with people. She's bringing hot tea and chunks of ice <laughs> in a separate class. in a separate dish. So we look at Barb, uh, Eliza, and I look at each other and go, "This night is fucked. This is it's only going to get worse." All you can do is pop some popcorn and sit back and watch the slow train wreck that is a Schlesinger family dinner. <laughs> so we order the uh, veal chop. And I told her exactly how I wanted it, just a little garlic and oil and gently singed on the edges. Very, very simple because if it's quality meat, you don't have to doctor it up. So we wait and she brings out, I kid you not, I can't even fathom making something up like this. The veal chop smothered in, wait for this, ladies and gentlemen, grape jelly jam. Yeah. Like you would put on a... English muffin. And I am the first one to be like, give her a break. It's not a big deal. I'll just eat it. I've been a waiter. I get it. Whatever. And my dad looks at her and he goes, what is this? And she goes, grape sauce. No, say it in the Slavic accent. I'm not doing that. Why? Grape sauce. I have no idea. And it hit us. We're like, oh, you mean a red wine reduction. (laughs) But it wasn't reduced. It was grape jelly. Grape jelly. It was horrible. It was horrible. Three veal chops later because you sent it back. Yep. And at a quarter to ten, we walked out of there starving. No, what happened was it was really bad. And it just kept getting worse. And you're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And they bring something, and my dad goes, send it back. And someone at the table goes, no, I'll keep it. I'll give it to the dog. And I said, you will not do that. You either send food back and you don't pay for it, or you keep it and you eat it. There's no version where you get it off the check, but you keep it. Yes. That is so tacky. It's one or the other. And we left— and went to Haywire, where they had stowed away a couple of extra chickens. Gay chickens. These are smoked fried chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're in Dallas, or more importantly, Plano or Frisco area, North Dallas, stop by Haywire and ask for the smoked fried chicken. It is incredible. So rounding out my list is North, a wonderful contemporary Italian restaurant, Town Hearth which uh, my wife uh, booked a, um, a birthday party for me there, and it was incredible, and a brand-new Chinese. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for the card. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. It was in January, but thank you for remembering. Happy birthday. Uh, a Chinese restaurant up in Plano called La Sheen. It's brand-new on, Win- on Windhaven and the Tollway, and those are my top five restaurants in Dallas, Texas. We almost lived near Winhaven. It's yes. right, very near where I grew up. Yes, that's true. Uh, speaking of, you said north, and then it reminded me of the way people in Boston say north. Emily underscore Wilson underscore 17. Fred, what are your thoughts on Bostonians as a New Yorker? Close. It's close. I think Bostonians are really close. They just... Miss, but they try very hard to get it right. Expand on that. Well, you know, being a a, a very proud New Yorker, um, a lot of us think that New York is the greatest city in the world, and one could argue that there are other great cities, and they truly are. And I think Boston has always kind of been in the shadows of New York, mm-hmm. and they've been like New York's kid brother, if you will, kind of like Philadelphia as well. And it was... Decades and decades until the Boston Red Sox actually won a World Series and beat out the New York Yankees, who arguably is the most incredible sports rivalry in all of sports. Red Sox, matter of fact, they just played a three-game series in London. What about Auburn and Bama? Huh? What about Roll Tide and Harry? 
I'm talking about professional I know, sports. I know. So, so I think Boston has is a great city and has some wonderful uh, characteristics about it, great museums, great sports, uh, and uh, great schools of higher learning, wonderful schools. But it's just not – it's like New York light is what it is. Ooh. I feel about Montreal as like a New York And one light. last thing. Or New, I'm sorry, Toronto. One last thing. We're talking about Boston. I have to say, say. Ray Donovan. That's that's how you do it. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. It would be <laughs> Ray Donovan. Prior to going to Emerson, where's the body? Where's the body? Where's the body? Parents love Ray Donovan. Love Ray Donovan because it's, moms love Liv Schreiber. It's basically a contemporary Sopranos. Barbara, do you love Liv Schreiber? Barbara's yes. a Barbara's He's, a baby boomer. She's talking. He's very Healthy. hot. Let her talk. Hot. Stop. Would you say hot from the waist up He's or very from the hot. waist down? All oh the my. way. All around. Oh, wow. All around. All around. <laughs> Do you think he likes banana feet? Do you like <laughs> Finds them appealing. Yeah. Oh, very no. good. Double off the wall. Terrible. Edit well, that that's out. That's a little we're cat skill for you. Help me. That's a little I'm schmaltzy. drowning in parents. That's a little Bosch belty for me. Prior to attending Emerson College uh, in downtown Boston, I had never heard a Boston accent. I, uh, I, you know, there was Family Guy, which is really just New England, and I didn't watch. Having prior to having gone to that, I'm sorry, and that was it's actually when Rhode I was Island. The Family Guy's Rhode Island. It is Rhode Island, Island Cohog. Uh, I'd never heard a Boston accent growing up in Dallas, Texas, and the majority of my, my both my parents are from New York, and any other older people had a New York accent or a Texas accent, so I'd never heard it. So the closest thing to a Boston accent was a New York accent, and now. I can pretty much only do a Boston accent. A New York accent is a little foreign to me. Uh, I think a Boston accent's a little easier, even though people think it's difficult, but I don't. So recently, you shot a movie a few months ago with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I fucking did! Which was oh. takes place in the 70s. It's kind of a uh, crime. Definitely takes place in current times. Oh, I thought it was very 70s. That's just because my character is a little trashy. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely just the hair. Definitely doesn't play tables in these, but it does take place uh, in, um, oh my God. I'm Mafia, cop gone bad type it's drama. It's like underground, you underground. know, Spencer. They're based on the 80s show Spencer for Hire. And so they. Dorchester. That's where we shot it. So one of the uh, prerequisites for Eliza was that she had to have a convincing Boston accent. And They said, don't do it. And they said, do not do a Boston accent. And oh. I looked at the lines and I said, no one, because I looked at one of my lines and one of them was, every day I pray to St. Jude for a fucking reason that you'd leave me. And I was like, no one without a Boston accent would say this ever. I tried it in other accents and I'm like, no one would invoke St. Jude. And so I just did it. And I got a call from Mark Wahlberg. Mark? And he Mark? Was like, did Mark call you? He did. That's terrible. That Mark. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check that out when it comes out. So that's uh, that's the Boston thing. So that's what you think. They're just slightly. I don't disagree. New York light. All right. That's my that's my moniker. I'm sticking to it. Damon Giardo, how do I remove the casual attire from my wardrobe? <laughs> how many suits and how many combos of dress pants and blazers should I have to keep it fresh all five days of the week? Unbelievable. Keep What's it the guy's fresh. name? I don't have that. Damon Giardo. Dem- is it Damon demon? Giardo. Is it demon? Demon Giardo. Demon Giardo and my wardrobe problems. Clearly not gay, demon. 
clearly not gay because a gay guy wouldn't have, have a, he wouldn't have a problem he wouldn't have those issues he'd have a blazer in 11 colors with removable he buttons. knows you have a sartorial background yes that's true how um, do I remove the casual attire from my wardrobe and I think he, how many suits and combos of dress pants and blazers should I have to keep it fresh okay so um, all five days of the week fun fact there are seven days in the week well work days he was talking about I work all seven I know but traditionally most people only hustle work five hustle doesn't stop doesn't stop you want that flat screen life goes on hustle right. your bustle Right, you want that? Uh, you want that car with air conditioning? You got to work your ass off for it. Mm-hmm. All right, so Demon, Demon, whatever the fuck your name is, doesn't matter. Um, so here we go. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I had 27 years in the real high end of the men's clothing business. So apparently the uh, questioner knew this and asked the question, and I'm going to answer it. So one you ba- day you basically have. Um, Three colors in menswear. You have navy. Girls, listen to this because you're going to date a guy that's clueless. Or call me. You have navy, you have black, and you have charcoal and different shades of it. But those are the three basic colors. And so you want to make sure that you own at least two blazers. Do not go with a gold button blazer. That is... Um, Definitely a faux pas. What if you live... Do do a really high-quality horn button. Don't do uh, gold blazer buttons. They look tacky and very game show host. So you would want a real fine quality navy blazer uh, of of a high thread count and done in a um, uh, high qu- high quality tailoring. And you'd also want to have a travel black braz- blazer. So you want a black and a navy blazer, and then off of that uh, a light color or what's called heather gray pants charcoal gray pants, and then you'd want uh, navy pants and black pants. So there's your core, your foundation to then build different color shirts. So what I want you to have is five to six dressy sport shirts or sporty dress shirts. So a shirt that could be worn with a tie or worn open. Go with brighter colors. Go with a deep or rich blue, go with some form of a pink or purple, a light gray, and so you could work these colors as accents. Don't be afraid to buy a couple of pocket squares in contrasting colors. So if you're wearing a, a, um, a navy blazer and a light gray sports shirt, wear a colorful purple uh, pocket square. And, It'll look great. And, and I learned this as a, as a girl as a little girl, you know, your parents say stuff, it sticks with you, and then you kind of hold it as law the rest of your life. No short sleeve button up dress shirts. Oh, that is definitely a no no. Rem- but can I tell you this? There was a girl on my softball team, and I remember you saying to me, I'm a cool dad, right? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really know. And then you were like, look at, look at her dad. What a dork. Look at this guy in his short sleeve button dress shirt. And I was like, I guess he is dorky. Right. And you just tore this man apart from 30 feet away. Okay, one, and then we were very nice to them. Yeah, one last thing. Whatever belts you buy, you need a basic black belt, basic brown belt. And then I would like you to buy some form of a, a faux um, exotic, like a crocodile or a lizard. And always make sure your belts, the color of your belts and the color of your shoes match. And you could wear some funky colors in your socks, but a black belt has to have black shoes. And uh, that's when, a lot of information for you, Damon, and I hope you take heed. What about when do, when do we bring in the woven vineyard vines belt with little whales printed on right it? Right after Passover. <laughs> okay. Right after we find the matzah. Blue Phoenix 28. 
New York Fred, for you, it's obvious that you're super proud of Eliza S. and what she's accomplished. And who wouldn't be? She's amazing. Thank you, Blue Phoenix. You rise. However, however, (laughs) Eliza is a force (laughs) of nature and ends up challenging, and rightly so, cultural and societal norms, thank you, that might get people, stupid people, but still people, riled up. Do you get any concern from this and how you manage that? And Eliza, insert obvious, you're wonderful, says a huge fan, normal stuff here, all true, just saving my thumbs. What do you reassure Fred while you champion the things you stand for and definitely need championing? So Hmm. I'm going to – it's a – Blue Phoenix. Rather long-winded Blue Phoenix, but a good question. I would answer that simply by saying that Eliza has always been her own woman. She's always been focused, independent – and passionate about what's important to her. And she has rarely, I have never seen or rarely seen her ever succumb to mediocrity or mediocre opinions. So she really doesn't give a shit and she won't let anybody or anything drag her down. And the evidence of that is her uh, incredible success that she has built over the last 10, 12 years. You know, there are a lot of people... I just have to say this. All right, say it. A lot of people have won these reality shows over the years. But very, very few of them have taken the success of winning uh, a reality show like Last Comic Standing and parlayed it into this amazing career. And, And that is because she was, and actually on my Top of the Cob, I'm going to talk about it, but that's because she was not persistent, ladies and gentlemen, but she was perseverant. She believed and was committed to her talent and believed that she would be successful and just kept persevering. And that is why she doesn't allow uh, anyone to get in her way of her success, regardless of how they feel, their opinions, even if they're right, they're wrong. They're not right. She is laser-focused in living the best possible life she can. And and so should you, Blue Phoenix. Yeah. Thank you. Rise. Rise out of the ashes of mediocrity up into the sky. Polish that turd. Uh, Stop. Stop. It's so loud. People are driving. They're, chill- they're listening to this podcast well, to go to bed. Not, now they're not driving because they crashed into a medium you, or a large. You asked median? Median. It's <laughs> a joke. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. 
I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You asked how I reassure my parents. You know, dads aren't as... My mom, when I was going to Asia, was like... She called my husband. She goes, don't let her go anywhere alone. A woman in Jamaica was raped. So I think with moms... That's Jamaica, Queens, not the <laughs> island of Jamaica. <laughs> I have um, to make that clear. Or Jamaica Plain, Boston. There's yes. never a good one outside of the U.S. Outside of, outside of Jamaica. Fuck it. But... Uh, I don't reassure my parents anything. I think my parents are so exhausted at the end of my rant about what I'm going to do. And I think your parents have lived a longer life, so there's, you know, be careful. I do have crazy stalkers. I do have people that, you know, try to make my life miserable. But um, I move with caution, and uh, and it's always nice to be able to call your parents at 3 a.m. from an airport or a jail cell. And, and an interesting dynamic um – uh, Eliza's mom and I have been divorced for the better part of 30 years. So had we remained married, she would have gotten a kind of one voice from us as a couple. But what I like about the, the fact that um, we, we are divorced, she's getting two completely separate voices, but yet the commonality of the love of a parent, but two different viewpoints because we haven't lived together for 30 years. So I just wanted to make that um, clear that you're different people. Yeah, that, you know, we we obviously grew apart physically and, and emotionally, and you're getting two completely different um, viewpoints and opinions, although you you still have two loving parents. So I think that that's an advantage to you. Yeah. It's a lot of me well, just telling really my mom. you thought of it that way. No, but it's a lot of me just telling my mom, like, it's fine. I'm, I do this all the time. She's like, I just worry. And that's okay because that's your, that's your mom's job. One day you won't have a mom and no one will worry about you right. and you'll get a weird tattoo. Right. Stay away from Jamaica, mom. Oh. Stay away. Evie Marie. Evie Marie. There's double E's. What's Don't your, cry for me, Evie Maria. What is your stance on the athleisure trend in men's women's fashion? Acceptable, functional, or pretentious and sloppy? Would love to hear your commentary as my own dad has some very strong opinions on that. Well, Thanks. I would love to hear your dad's opinions, but I could tell you from a professional standpoint, back in 1999, the men's clothing industry was turned on its ear by IBM sending out a, a memo uh, saying that they wanted to try something that nobody had ever heard of called Casual Friday. Well, that swept 
through corporate America, as you know. And today, if you and I sat in an airport on a Monday morning, you know, a business day, you would see most men uh, not properly or traditionally dressed. Most men going to business are wearing a, maybe a nice polo shirt and a pair of slacks versus a suit. God forbid a three-piece suit. She's talking about athleisure wear. I know. I'm getting to that. Yeah. So so the casualness has now, over, since 1999, has morphed down or has been homogenized to this leisure wear, where now it's okay to wear what wasn't acceptable in a boardroom or in a business meeting, and it borders on being athletic, whether it's a pull-on pair of pants or one of those nylon jackets. So it is definitely evolved and it has become acceptable norm at all different price points. You could walk into Target and buy this. I think it also depends where. Like in L.A., it doesn't matter what you wear. Right. Boston probably does. Yeah, East Coast is more traditional. Also, East Coast has seasons where L.A. really doesn't have seasons. The mid-Atlantic refined, you know, especially in the South – Right. They'll do seersucker. No one does that here. But no, more formal. no women will deny that a man in a well-tailored suit, properly accessorized with dress shirt and tie. Can take my order. <laughs> can take your order at Chick-fil-A. CC Green 7. Crocs with socks, yay or nay? My dad says yay all day. Oh, boy. Well, I have a real problem. I don't have a problem with socks. I have a real problem with Crocs. I think that Crocs are so fake and so artificial and so sub-Middle America that I I wouldn't even entertain wearing Crocs with socks. I feel like Dr. Seuss now. Not in a box. Not in a box. Uh, Or uh, walking on rocks. No Crocs at all. Now, years ago, my, my kids used to make so much fun of me because I would wear socks with what? Uh, slide-on Skechers sandals. Slide-on sandals. And now, because some rap artist decided to wear it, it's hip and it's cool and it's Vogue. True. But where was that guy 25 years ago? He wasn't I, born. When I, <laughs> right, Scott. When I started that trend. But um, I, I just don't get the whole concept of it's kind of like a pre- pet rock or a pet croc. It's just it's stupid. Crocs. It's so st- yeah, and it's one of the f- few things that is so stupid it never became cool. Like right. it's still just like it's ugh. never cool. Wait, is it nobody- not a gardening clog? It's huh? a gardening clog. It's okay. to aerate your feet while you're and then people some chefs wear them. So if you're not actively gardening, it's just a waste of plastic. Well, you're not actively cooking. You're clogging up the ecosystem with yeah. your crack. And so I, I I have trouble with it. If it was socks of any other type of footwear, uh, I would feel better. But Crocs. Are definitely a no. Sissy underscore gets Sissy. underscore lit. Just that's a nickname you had for me. Sissy. What piece of literature most fully reflects who you are or resonates with you at your core? Okay, so when you say piece of literature, you know, my mind immediately goes to like the Iliad and the Odyssey, you know, great expectations. But can we say that a piece of literature is could be any book? No. Okay. Then- it can't be like top twelve Dallas area restaurants. Okay. Well, what, what did resonate with me and what I do consider a piece of literature is a wonderful book that spoke to my core that I wrote read many years ago. And the name of the book is Story Selling by Mitch Anthony. Mm. And he created a concept of how to do business through selling 
by telling stories, by using metaphors. And I've gone and paid a lot of money to listen to Mitch Anthony speak. He's come out with a few books, but this particular book really resonated and and, uh, grabbed my core because that's exactly how I do business. I think people learn by listening to stories, which is why they read books, which is why they go to movies, which is why they uh, go to comedy clubs, because everybody's telling stories. And selling through story selling, I find with the right personality, is a great way to be a great seller uh, by by telling stories so people could relate to it. So uh, if you're in sales or marketing, I highly recommend you buy this book and let me know what you think about it. And that is my core of literature. Um, That's a tough one because I know I'm supposed to answer like, any of the Brontes, right. Wuthering Heights. Right. Oh. And, and, you know, like there's books that I enjoy. Like I like Chaucer. I like Canterbury Tales in school. So we're talking literature. Stop. I'm trying to answer this. But literature could be any, any yeah, written yeah, yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. But I think they want like the book. So I was doing the sound effects for Wuthering Heights. Let me just Heights. finish. I know, but you said Wuthering Fine, Heights. Fine, do it. Wuthering Heights. That's the opening no, scene. No, that's the Grapes of Wrath sound. Oh, you're that's right. That's the I'm Dusty sorry. Plain. I also tend to read, I, I can't, honestly, I haven't read, a. I have some books that are, you know, I make like a stack and I chip away. A lot of historical fiction, so none of that resonates with me. There's a book that everybody in Hollywood has read. It's called What Makes Sammy Run by Bud Schulberg. It's an older book. And while Sammy is kind of an asshole, uh, at its core, it's about a guy who's rising from the bottom to the top and is just relentless in his pursuing of his dreams and in Hollywood. So, you know, I think there's kind of a downfall for him at the end, but I resonate, that resonates with me. Like there's just this motor and you're just going. What makes Sammy run? He's obviously, you know, trying to impress his family and run from something. This is really what's he running away from. But the hustle part of it, I mean, I guess I could have said, like, any mafia book for that matter. There's also a book called uh, The Interestings by Meg Wolzer. And if any of you have gone to sleepaway camp back east, I think this book is just, I don't know. I don't know if it personifies, I don't think I, I don't, it just resonates with me. And uh, if you've gone to sleepaway camp, this is the book for you. You know, I don't know what to say, like, Sarah's Key. Like, I'm trying to think, you know, like, three cups of tea. That's a tough one. Because I've read plenty of books where I'm like, I like that part, but that's not me. You know what book resonates with me? Girl Logic by Eliza Schlesinger. She also does the audible version. No book gets me better than Girl Logic. See, I think that that's a very that's fair the, response. And that. that is absolutely literary in its characteristics. Also the Odyssey, because like I'm on a journey. But it doesn't end well for any of the protagonists. Dear underscore Eddie, is there a hobby that you're super passionate about that you like to pursue as a vocation. Also, please send me Dallas recommendations. On what? Dallas recommendations of what? I think you already did the restaurants. Is uh, there a hobby you'd like to pursue as a vocation? Oh, is that for me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, as many of you know, I'm very passionate about tennis. And while it's become more than a sport and become a lifestyle, what I'm planning on doing is getting certified as a USPTA teacher, and I'm going to also invest in a stringing machine. So I'm going to be able to uh, teach tennis to uh, young uh, kids, 
versus old kids, and uh, also be able to string rackets uh, as well. And so I'm taking my passion and I'm turning it into a vocation. And that's stringing machine. Yeah, that's years from now when I start to downsize or downshift in my financial business. But that won't come for another easily six to eight years. But uh, tennis has brought so much joy, happiness, and good health to me that I want to repay it by uh, getting involved in the industry uh, on a commercial level. Okay. So that's what I'll be doing. That's my answer, too. A stringing machine. Uh, I think I'd like to have my own sort of streetwear, and this is with no, I'm just making this up now, like punk rock streetwear clothing line. What would you call it? I'll call it, in your face, mom. I get my own ride to the movies. I call it, my mom didn't drop me off here, I walked. That's what I call it. Because remember when you, when you were a kid, you go to the movies. When you're like 14, you meet up with your friends. And it's always like, you know, you ask your parents like, drop me off. I don't want my parents to see you. As if at 14 they thought you drove here. Like, <laughs> this is in Texas. We're off a freeway. How the fuck did you get here? I don't know. I just appeared. So how about how about if you, you name it GFY? GFY. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. I am always looking for like the perfect... It, it's not punky, like you don't want it covered in studs, but like well-worn vintage, you know, like Dickies cut off at the right length. And it's difficult because everything is so commercial. Everything tries so hard. Sometimes I cut off my own shirts. I always look for the perfect accent. Less is more. And I'm always let down. Uh, this actually has to do with my top of the cob later too. So I'd have my own streetwear because I got the cool things to say on shirts. None of this self-help like you are perfect and special. I don't need these... Aphorisms, and then if it did well, would you come out with a line of Crocs to to Accent color Crocs. coordinate? Yeah, people got a lot of food questions for you. Ooh, so avocado toast, Fox. How do you take your coffee slash tea? Oh boy, you're in. This is going to be a detailed answer. Well, it's no, it's not. Uh, tea, I only take it one way, <laughs> and it's several ways in one. <laughs> in two separate glasses. I'll be the waiter of ice. <laughs> What can I get you? Very simple. I'd like a fresh brewed glass of iced tea with a slice of orange and some sweetener on the side. No, you also get a slice of lemon, I think. No, orange only. Orange. I got lemon today because they didn't have orange. You got an Arnold Palmer. They had orange. Oh, I, I went with an Arnold Palmer, but I asked How did them, you ask for the Arnold Palmer? I asked him, was the lemonade fresh? He said, yes, it is. And if it is, I want a 60-40 Arnold Palmer. And then he said, it's actually already blended, so we're going to have to take a little bit longer Customized, to make that. And he and, did it. And he, and he not only made one. His name was Ruben. He was he excellent. Was delightful, and we turned him into a sandwich. Uh, do you take? Do you drink coffee? Yes, I do. How do you take your coffee? So uh, what I do love about Einstein's, I know I bashed it for their bagels, but they do have excellent coffee. And what I do is I take the dark French roast and the vanilla hazelnut, and I blend it together about 50-50, put in a little half and half. I, I, I think coffee takes so great with real cream or half Absolutely. and half. And then a quarter of a um, packet of Sweet and Low, and to me, that's a great cup of coffee. My dad's been on—you've had Sweet and Low since I was a little girl. Correct. The pink one. It's the pink Not one, Not the yes. blue one. And and by the way, the reason I use Sweet and Low, and my wife is always saying, it's going to you cancer, you're going to die, and all right, I'm 64, I think I beat the odds. But It's, the it's po- enough already. But I don't, I don't use a whole packet. I use it judiciously. But here's the thing. If you try Splenda— or equal in in a glass of iced tea, it just rock rocks to the bottom. It just lays there on the bottom like that a bad fish tank. But but uh, I don't know what the properties are in in sweet and low. It actually dissolves and and it helps to drink uh, sweet water soluble monosodium glutamate. Yes, which uh, the the enzymes right. absorb which into we, your blood. We call 
GFY. Go fuck yourself, mom. Pick me up in the van. Come out with a line of soft drinks. Whoa, Joanna. Says, please describe. I love this question. Please describe the weirdest sandwich you've ever made. Be detailed. Thank you. I don't hmm. think of you as a sandwich I'm not maker. A weird, well, I'm not a weird sandwich You're maker. not a weird eater. Yeah, I'm, I, you know what? You got me on that one. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a weird eater. I, the fusion? I, oh, okay. Oh. Oh, oh, very good. Very good. Did you, where'd you come up with I that, I did a Scott? lot of research where, on oh you my, before the show. Where did you come from? <laughs> so we took, we, there's, I mentioned earlier, there's a wonderful Jewish-style deli. It's not real. It's like Jewish-esque. You know, it's like they have... New York style cheesecake. It's not really, you know, they made it in the back and it's not made of New York. In Yorkers. Waco, Texas, is right? It? Yeah. But what I took is fresh lean corned beef and pastrami, and on top of it was the ground mustard, not the shitty Goulden's mustard, the really uh, fresh ground mustard and coleslaw, and then we put. Um, Who's we? Well, I went into the kitchen oh, and I did this okay. in the restaurant because they had no idea what this dish Sandwich was. Sandwich that you'd invented. And it was so good that they gave it a name. Do we know the name, Scott, with all the research you've done? It's the Friends Fusion. Fred's Fusion. Fred's Fusion. 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 Yeah, Fred's but I call it Friends because it feels more community. Oh, I know, nice. but you would be wrong. It's Fred's Fusion. Fred's Jewish Fusion. I didn't say Jewish. You used to call it the Jewish Fusion. The, Jew- the Jewish Fusion. Because so, you would order it from a waiter. You'd be like, can I get a Jewish Fusion? Well, because George knew what I like, was ordering. What are you talking about? Right. So we take rye bread, really high-quality rye bread, and we put it on the grill. So we, it's like a panini. We grill it on both sides so the um, bread is really crunchy. And when you bite into the crunchiness of that, and the moistness of the coleslaw and the delicious taste of the two meats, you have yourself a fucking feast, ladies and Fred's gentlemen. Fusion. Fred's Fusion. And if you're in Dallas, go into Deli News, ask for George, tell him you want a Fred's Fusion. Fred Snoopliggers. Snoopliggers. What name is that? Snoopliggers. Hi, Fred. Have you ever been angry with your adult children? How did you handle it? Okay. Got four kids, and the only time... I could really ever tell you that I was truly angry was at my older son, who at the time was 18 years old. Oh, I remember this. And he was doing I a, wasn't even there and I a lot of bad things in the house. And at that time, my wife and I just had two little babies. I think they were three and four, four and five, right? Barb, how old were they? Small. Uh, yeah. Yeah, three and four, four. Toddlers, as they say. And he was... Becoming and was at that time a horrible influence on the two little babies, and they were easily influenced. So we would talk about it and argue about it. And one day it became a all-out fistfight brawl, which started in the house. And like in the cartoons, you'd see all the dust up like two cats fighting, and it ended up in the alleyway. Literally, we were like two alley cats fighting. And then finally after the fight... I told him to pack up his shit and get the fuck out of my house. And I threw him out of my house, which was very difficult as a parent, but it was necessary because I had to protect the two little babies and my wife as well. Was this the alligator belt incident? That started it. Go ahead, tell me. Was he wearing brown shoes with the belt? Uh, he was wearing, Not in my fashion actually, house. he was wearing beige clogs, and that was one of the things that really pissed me off. Yeah, no, you got to throw a hook on that, yeah. Crocs, excuse me, Crocs. I, I meant, 
Go you ahead. tell it. I don't want to tell it. It makes me anxious. So I used to be in the men's clothing business, particularly accessories, and I used to bring back these amazing samples from Italy. And uh, one trip I come back and I brought back a gorgeous cognac brown alligator belt uh, with new buck lining, and it was spectacular. And this belt would sell in Neiman Marcus for about 800 bucks. So he goes into my I had a little design room and office, and he, and he fell in love with the belt. And he's... 18 at the time, he takes the belt out of my private stash and I, I, I can't even get the words out. He cuts. It's a one-of-a-kind belt. One-of-a-kind belt. I designed this belt in uh, Bologna, Italy, and it was spectacular. And he takes a scissor, a common kitchen scissor, and cuts the belt to fit his waist. And so I go into my design room and I'm looking for my belt a few days later because we had a big trade show and I wanted to show it to uh, retailers. And I can't find this belt. And, I'm, of course, I, I was getting upset. And I said, Barbara, where's the belt? Did you see the belt? And, of course, she didn't see the belt. And I go into Ben's room and I go, Ben, I had this belt on my desk in my design room. Have you seen the belt? Oh, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't see a belt. I don't know what you're talking about. What belt? And I said, what belt? Motherfucker. I take his shirt and I lift it up and son of a gun, there's the belt around his waist. Busted. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. Did you do that sound effect? <laughs> no, I didn't. In those days, it wasn't popular. As popular as it is now. And that's what begat. And I grabbed him by the belt. I threw him down. And then that got into the whole argument about what a bad influence he was. Uh, and I won't go into what he did, but it was really terrible. Uh, it was so bad that we had a corporate account at the police station. That's how bad it was to bail him out. It was terrible in those days. So he ended up. He's okay now. He ended up doing great. He's doing great. He's a very successful businessman, and life goes on. And he has said to me recently, "That's the best thing you could have done for me." Aww. So thank you, Dad, for throwing me out of the house. Yeah. Penniless. Brutal story. On the streets with no Crocs. He claims he slept behind a dumpster He's that full night. Of shit. He's, He's I disagree. No. He checked into the Holiday Inn. No, I just don't see why you would no, pick dumpster a dumpster. No, the dumpster of the Holiday Inn. Right. <laughs> I slept behind a dumpster. Go to any friend's house or a park bench. He did. He's, he was He's sensationalizing. Lying. Let's move on. Nope, that's it. Are you kidding that me? That was a full hour, and now... No, stop. It was. It, did it fly by for it you? It flew by. How did you feel about it, Scott? Tremendous. That really? hour got flewed by. It got flewed by. <laughs> so where are we right now? We're at the top of the cob. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Yeah. I don't endorse this in any way or encourage it. I do not have problems sleeping. A lot of Americans are played by restless nights. Uh, my husband is one of them. I can fall asleep almost anywhere, and I take melatonin, which is non-addictive. I've taken it every night for the last 10 years. No big deal. But I take three milligrams, and that's fine, uh, and I can go to sleep. Once in a while— if I'm super jet lagged, I will take like half an Ambien just to get back on a regular schedule. And the other night, um, just being sad and a little, you know, depressed and sullen from my dog passing, I was like, I don't really want to be awake right now, but it's a little early. I'll just take a quarter of an Ambien. And I put on a podcast after listening to Ask Eliza Anything, the only podcast. And I put on a podcast and I turned on my phone and I went to Instagram and Etsy. And I started scrolling for pins. I like to wear nice enamel pins that mean something and patches on my jacket. And I loaded up my Etsy cart. I scrolled for about an hour, hand-selecting pins I liked, 
high as a bug on Ambien, and I loaded up that cart, and I did not purchase any of them. But shopping on Ambien without bringing it to completion is actually, it's a fun thing to do. It doesn't hurt anyone. And I've got about 200 pins sitting in that cart right now <laughs> from uh, individual per, uh, retailers all across the world. And that was a real fun little vacation for me because I wasn't sad about my dog, and I kind of just drifted off into my own world. And there's some pins waiting for me. One's the shape of an octopus, and the proceeds go to help Octopi. That's wonderful. That's a great story. Thank you. You're fired. Okay. Okay. Top of the cob for me. Do you ever sit at a traffic light, and you look around you, let's say it's three lanes going one way, three lanes going the other way, and there's cars on either side of you, and you're all sitting there waiting for the light to change. And you look to the left of you, and you look to the right of you, and there's absolutely no cars at all. So you have 12 cars waiting on no cars. So my top of the cob is I would love to see cities and municipalities develop a computerized traffic light yeah. that is photosensitive. And if, if there's they don't detect any metal coming towards them, they switch to... The, the light, other the other yes. light, rather than to sit there. And how many times you're sitting there, like one o'clock in the morning, yeah. and you're sitting and you're sitting, and it's crickets, and and that thing should change. I agree. And and you should be able to go home as drunk as you might be. <laughs> so computerized traffic lights, write to your congressman, your councilman, all of your local uh, bloated po- uh, politicians, and tell them we want traffic lights. I like that. Top of the cup. And what's your bottom of the cup? Oh, bottom of the cup. Bottom of the cob, the best way to describe that, I actually have two of them, but I'm only going to give you one, is empty pleasantries. Mm. Okay? See what you just did? Mm-hmm. See you like that? No, I was agreeing. I, I know, but you weren't, you, you went, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What, what would be so difficult for you to go, I agree with you? It's too much. Too much. Or, or the famous, mm-hmm. Like when you are in a store and you say thank you to the clerk and they go, uh-huh. Doesn't that suck? Yeah. Don't you want people to go, you're welcome. Yes, yes. dad, yes. I do. Yes, father I of concur. the bride. Okay, so empty pleasantries are, how are you? Nobody really no gives a cares. fuck how you are. Or, hey, what's up? Or, what's up? Or whatever. It's just an awkward way of making initial contact. No one really cares about how you are. And frankly, neither do you. So, I mean, I've tested it out with somebody. Hey, Fred, how you doing? Well, I just got back from the doctor and he gave me three weeks to live. Great. Let's go get something. Nobody gives a shit. Empty pleasantries. So what should we do instead? They either don't ask how you are and be true. Or if be you do true. ask, say, I'm really interested in how you're doing. I like or, to be or be true. a little more specific. Like, did you enjoy your trip to Italy? Like, not just how That's are nice. You? That's nice. And say, tell me about Tad's soccer game. Right. How was that? Did I don't... he score a goal in his Crocs? But no one cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Particularly about Tad. No. Or Todd. That's your bottom? Or Seth. What? No, I think that that's important. That's your bottom. We, we, we experience that on a daily basis. Uh, my bottom of the cob is this time of day. I hate uh, about 4.30 to about 7.30. Uh, I think I've said this before. Uh, it's the most traffic... It's the most difficult to get a hold of anyone because, like, oh, it's end of day. Oh, we're wrapping up. Oh, I'm in a meeting. It's hard, and there's nothing to do for someone like me that works at night. I'm just like, what do I do with this dead time? It's too early to have dinner. It's too late to have lunch. It's hot outside. Everyone's wrapping up their day. And I, so 4.30 to 7.30 is garbage time. Okay, I do have one more, please. Yeah. Can I squeeze this in? Squeeze all right, this is to all the millennials 
the 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 millennials, the early millennials versus the elder millennials that are listening. I am sick and tired of millennials lacking. Ready, ready for this? Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Backpack etiquette. Mm-hmm. Think about a millennial with a backpack in an office building about to get into an elevator. What they don't realize is, is they, they have a width to their body, a, a width to their body. And by wearing that backpack on their back, they, they're like two people. Yep. They have double the width. So they get into the fucking elevator and they jam themselves right in my face. Instead of taking the backpack off, here's the etiquette part, and putting it uh, you know, in between their legs yeah. while they're in the elevator. Yeah. Or, or on a plane, like I was on a flight coming in from Dallas to L.A., and all these millennials have their backpacks, and as they walk past you, they're knocking into you. They, they are oblivious that that backpack is like, it's like Thor's hammer knocking people around, and I'm sick and tired or of Or Aquaman's fork. Or Aquaman's fork. And, and so that ties into elevator etiquette. Somebody gets on the elevator with a cell phone and they're in the middle of a conversation. What's proper etiquette? Should I sit there and listen to these people babble on on their cell phone? Or should they have the decency of waiting till they get off the elevator to make I the think call? I the cell phone gods take care of that because you can't really stay on a call in an elevator. No. We're talking about spatial awareness here on the podcast, okay. folks. Wrap it up. Just letting you know. Be kind to other people and be aware of your fucking backpack. You guys, this was my dad. If you want to hit him up at NYFred, the number four, you, he'll answer all your questions. He'll respond. I've told him not to, but he does. He anyway, will engage. I have no choice. He will engage. I can't hold back. Thanks for being on my podcast, Dad. Thank you for being my daughter. Oh, my God. And thank you. Why? You're welcome. Oh, you're blushing. Look at you. Ooh. I'm just really hot. You are spectacular no. in every way. And I love not only you and your career, but I love your fans. I love the passion and love and the outpour recently that they have bestowed upon you with acts of support in the light of Blanche's death. And I want to thank each and every fan that has reached out to my daughter and my family and given their love and support because Blanche was an amazing creature and brought happiness to everybody that she encountered. So God bless you, Blanche. Long may her light reign. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.